Welcome to the At The Coalface podcast with your host, Jason Greenwood. This podcast is all about what it's really like in the trenches of digital and e-commerce. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Pod. It is my pleasure to welcome the VP of Engineering of Zonos, Andrew Spencer, to the podcast. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you. This is I'm really looking forward to this chat. What you guys do over at, at Zonos is such a critical part of e-commerce and, well, digital commerce, cross-border commerce. It's all pretty big right now. But before we dig right into that, let's talk a little bit about your background and how you even came to be at Zonos. You've got a very interesting background. It's very technically focused. CTO, CEO, director of technology. You've got a very technical background going back many years, but uh, maybe you just want to give us a little bit of an intro about you, how you came to be at Zonos, and a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I actually got started in e-commerce in 1998. I was working at a boutique bookshop that had a lot of retail locations, probably about 20 retail locations in the United States. And we were very aspirational and wanted to create an Amazon. And so we built a clone of Amazon.com in 1998. And that was really fun and got me really interested in e-commerce. And I transitioned to doing more research and development and doing a lot of uh, corporate data analysis and training, things like that. But I got back into e-com with some really fun brands that many have heard of, uh, School Candy, Stance Socks. And I think that e-commerce experience led me to Zonos. Exciting. We've got, we followed a very similar trajectory. I remember the very early days of e-commerce and basically everything to do with e-commerce was difficult. Everything from building an e-commerce website, there weren't platforms like Shopify and big commerce in the early days. So it wasn't quick to build an e-commerce website. It certainly wasn't easy and it certainly wasn't cheap. And then of course, digital marketing was in its nascency, certainly cross-border as we know it today didn't exist. Merchant of record, companies that specialized in becoming merchant of record for cross-border transactions just simply did not exist back in the day. We didn't even know what that was called. We didn't call it cross-border back in the day. So this was the very early days, and it was very difficult to get up and running in e-commerce back in those early days, wasn't it? It was. This is true. So we would look at doing really expensive things like a joint venture or actually establishing presence in international markets, and that came at great cost. And Today, with solutions like Zonos, it's so easy. You can, in a day, you can get selling internationally. It's tremendous. It certainly is. And that's a really nice segue into what Zonos is doing today. Now, you are a cross-border e-commerce platform or cross-border commerce platform. And effectively, what that means is that, as I understand it, what you guys do, and we can unpick this a little bit more as we roll along here, but effectively, you become almost like the payment gateway plugin for a platform. So similar to how you would select a Stripe or an AdYen to plug into your website, you plug in almost like a payment gateway, but you offer so many more services than just a traditional payment gateway. So you not only provide the payments infrastructure and the payment service, but you're able to quote and collect at the point of checkout, at the point of sale, duties, taxes, landed costs for international freight. You're able to connect, collect any international fees 
that would normally be charged by the destination country, you also are able to basically take over not only the freighting responsibility, but you're able to quote everything in a local currency and charge in a local currency. You become the merchant of record for that transaction. Once the customer makes payment, you effectively, all of the responsibility of getting that parcel or that order into the customer's hands now transfers to you. And effectively, you you also help to ensure that the merchant fulfills their tax remittance obligations to the destination country in which they're shipping to. So you take on a fairly substantial amount of responsibility in as part of a commerce transaction the moment that a transaction goes international. We do. Essentially, we're taking on all of the complexity of cross-border for our merchants. And that's one thing that our merchants really love about Zonos is that we are the most comprehensive cross-border solution on the market. And many of our customers sing our praises because prior to implementing Zonos, they've been dealing with these hassles of the tax compliance, selling internationally cross-border, all of the challenges that come from that. It really places a burden on their customer support teams, their finance teams, and Zonos alleviates all of those headaches. It's such a it's such a critical part of any business that has global aspirations, and they might dip their toes in the water initially into new international markets by, say, selling on a local marketplace in that destination country. They might be selling on an Amazon or an eBay or any one of the local regional marketplaces that are popular to dip their toes in the water. But once they, let's say they use that as a proving ground to test the market, and let's say they just use their local flag carrier to ship those shipments internationally, to fulfill those shipments internationally as a start to to test the market. But once they get serious and they decide to do effectively direct to to consumer e-commerce, but do it internationally, now it feels like that is the prime time when they need to really start considering a service like Zonos. Correct. We talk a lot in Sonos about creating trust in global trade, and we do that through transparency. And so you can implement Sonos in steps if you choose. And we have a product called Hello that is a really great way to, in a very simple fashion, introduce localization and duty tax calculations onto your e-commerce website. And that's a free product that Zonos offers. And so immediately you can start creating trust and transparency with your customers, with your shoppers, with a free product. And it's amazing what that does to the customer experience. You're probably very familiar with the problem of rejected packages. A lot of merchants, as you described, they're just getting into cross-border. They'll be sending their packages what's called DDU or delivery duties unpaid, which means the recipient or your customers is getting a surprise duties and tax bill when that package arrives at their doorstep. And that results in a lot of refused packages. And that comes at tremendous cost to the merchant. Yeah, it it does. Not only in terms of them needing to refund the customer, but if they want to get that parcel back, they've got to pay for the return freight. They oftentimes will be required to pay the duty on behalf of the customer, even where there's a refused refused parcel. And then, of course, there, there is the waste associated with that parcel. If they decide to abandon the parcel and so does the customer, then there's the waste associated with that as well. So th- there is a lot of problems with those rejected parcels because oftentimes when you receive a parcel, and I've had this happen on multiple occasions years ago, 
when I was buying cross-border that because of the category of product that I was buying, it had a significant amount of duty associated with it over and above the local taxes, the local GST uh, of a parcel coming into New Zealand. It had a significant duty associated with it too. And in many cases, that mm-hmm. made it the costs associated just with approving that parcel for release by customs was significantly more expensive than the value of the parcel itself. And I have had that situation myself where I got a shock and where I just declined the parcel because the item, the fees that I was going to pay to get that parcel were so much more than the value of the item itself that it wasn't worth it to me. And I guess that's a fairly common problem that merchants and customers encounter. That's right. You live abroad, as we would say here in the United States, and you're more familiar with this pain because in the United States, we have a really high de minimis it's $800. We're not as exposed to this, but it's a real problem outside of the United States for consumers, for e-shoppers. It is. And now that New Zealand and Australia have fallen to the United States requirements (laughs) in terms of tax remittance, the United States is really dictating a lot of cross-border commerce, international requirements around taxes tax remittance, et cetera, especially if you are buying from the United States in a cross-border fashion and you have it shipped to you, they now have effectively, through their IRS strong arm, they have forced countries like New Zealand and Australia to eliminate their tax-free thresholds. And they now effectively require that anybody selling cross-border out of the United States into places like New Zealand, Australia, that effectively that these, that not only do they remit taxes, even though they might be selling outside the United States, but even companies inside, you know, inside of Australia, New Zealand, that are selling cross-border into the United States, they, they also have to remit taxes as well. And so it is becoming where it used to be, we used to have fairly high GST-free thresholds here in New Zealand and Australia. Those have largely gone away now. And in fact, they say, they estimate, and I've read about this in the local press, that the cost for customs to, to pursue those taxes on entry into the United uh, sorry on entry into New Zealand and Australia oftentimes it will cost more to pursue and collect those taxes and ensure that there is payment of those taxes than they receive so it's a pretty full on thing in countries like New Zealand and Australia they want to make sure that they're levying their local GST so their local taxes so that international sellers like Amazon don't have an unfair advantage against local sellers but they also have tax obligations to foreign countries as well. And so this web of global tax compliance is becoming pretty messy, isn't it? Yeah, it seems to be getting only more complex. And that's one of the ways that solutions like Zonos can future-proof a business that's selling cross-border because we're keeping on top of all of the tax compliance regulations, everything, and handling that for our merchants. The nice end-to-end solution. Now, if we were to, it's for anybody in the market that maybe hasn't heard of Zonos before, but maybe has heard of a Global E, or maybe they've heard of a Pitney Bowes, or maybe they've heard of a Reach Payments, or maybe they've heard of any one of a number of companies that offer maybe similar or competing services to yours, but maybe they don't offer all of the same services that you offer. How do you guys consider yourself a differentiated service or a differentiated platform or product to some of these other competitors in the marketplace that offer certain cross-border services? So we say at Zonos that we ship technology, not boxes. And that's a differentiator for Zonos. We're an API-first company. And what that means is that our product is an API or is APIs. And 
what that enables us to do is build solutions for anyone as small as a mom and pop shop in New Zealand that wants to sell internationally up to the largest enterprises. We can combine and compose our APIs into solutions that scale to the largest companies, but still provide what a smaller business needs. And so that's one of Zonos's differentiators is we don't early on. So Zonos got started and we did deal with logistics and we dealt with customer service and returns and all of those things that some of our competitors, you might say, are still doing. But we found that there are other logistic providers that are expert at those things. And so we provide technology where we have tremendous expertise. And that is in duty tax calculations, classifications, or harmonizing your catalog, your products, and tax compliance regulation. Makes it nice and easy for a merchant to implement. Now, for those merchants who are not complex enough or large enough to warrant a custom API's implementation and integration with their website, you do have out-of-the-box plugins and apps for most of the major e-commerce platforms as well. So you have an out-of-the-box plugin for BigCommerce, for Magento, for Shopify, for Miva, Xcart, Salesforce, and obviously you've got that API layer for custom implementations as well and for custom scenarios that are outside of your typical e-commerce platform implementations, for example, for social implementations, et cetera. Really, when we think about the, I guess, the ease of getting up and running with Zonos, you provide those out-of-the-box plug-and-play solutions for the major e-commerce platforms to make it super easy for merchants to onboard your technology. But just to clarify, I guess, how you guys work, as I understand it, effectively, you own the checkout experience for international shoppers. So effectively, as I understand it, that comes down to the destination address that they're wanting to ship to. So their billing and their shipping address dictate the experience they're going to have with Zonos. But effectively, at the point where you guys detect that this is now going to be an international transaction. You guys effectively take over with a custom checkout experience. Is that the way you work? That's one of our products. So that's one way a merchant could in integrate Zonos. However, for example, on Shopify, that is not allowed in Shopify's terms of service. So Exactly. I was going to uh, ask yeah. you about that. Yeah. So with Shopify, we have a duty and tax plugin that plugs in directly to your Shopify store. And what's really cool about that, it's the number one cross-border plugin for in the Shopify app marketplace. And it's really turnkey and simple. And so we have, in fact, we have a customer in Australia was a little bit caught off guard by the new UK VAT scheme. And yes. literally we turned them on January 1st of 2021 and they were doing significant business into the UK out of Australia. And that business was at risk. And we were able to, they found Zonos the, on December 31st. And we integrated them in about, I think it took all of 10 minutes to get them installed and up and running. And so on January 1st, they were, they continued, they were able to continue selling in the UK. It's really quick to implement. Our checkout product, you talked a little bit about that earlier. That's where we handle essentially the entire experience of international checkout. And then our other products can integrate into the Shopify's big commerce, et cetera, and provide a really transparent cross-border experience in that native platform. So for shop in the Shopify case, that sounds to me like you don't actually become the merchant of record in the Shopify scenario, and you might not even be 
the you might not even handle the international freight component, the shipping component in that environment. But in a Magento or a Big Commerce or a Maiva scenario, because you can completely own the end-to-end checkout experience, you can take over responsibility for the entire thing. You can become the full-blown merchant of record for that transaction. That's correct. Yep. It's a little different for merchants on Shopify. We can do a little bit more if you're on a different platform, but nevertheless, we have a product that we call Land of Cost Guarantee, and that's where we're handling uh, collection and remittance for you, and we can even offer that product on Shopify. And that's tremendous. So when you think about the customer experience, that's one huge benefit of Zonos. But on the other side of things, you have the business processes that e-commerce merchants are dealing with. And we assume all of that complexity and responsibility on the collection and remittance side as you use our guarantee product. And that also has the benefit of streamlining customs clearance. And the customer experience, not only do you improve things on the back office side of things, but you're also improving the customer experience by getting them packages quicker. And it results in faster shipments and also fewer lost packages and missing packages. Makes perfect sense. Now, let's say a merchant today, let's say they're operating down here in ANZ, Oftentimes, they'll be running a local courier aggregation service and integration and label generation service such that there's Starship it down here. There's a company called ShipIt. They, they offer very similar services where they integrate e-commerce stores directly with the local carriers, and they will send up the, the weight and the destination address and all the other information to create effectively a lodgement with the carrier. And then they will actually print the labels off for those shipments. And so in a scenario where Zonos is running as, alongside those platforms, I'm guessing that those platforms would simply, you would configure them to have a rule to say, hey, look, we don't want you to pull down these orders into your platform that are domestic orders. We want you, we, uh, sorry, non-domestic orders. So you will own all domestic orders and you will integrate with the local shipping carriers down in ANZ. You will go through the normal pick, pack, dispatch process in those platforms. But for all international orders, do not pull those down and do not generate labels for those and do not laud those shipments with the local, say, flag carrier. Let Zonos own all of those international orders. And then that creates a very clear path of ownership for specific orders. And I'm guessing that because the order does actually get created still, even an order that you guys own as the merchant of record from the point of order placement and checkout, the order still does exist in the big commerce, the Magento, the Shopify, whatever. The order still does exist in those platforms, and you still can see them in admin and obviously any inter- existing integrations with ERPs and all of the other integrations that, that typically happen. Those integrations will still exist, but they will just exist in tandem and in parallel with something like Zonos. And effectively, you just turn off the international components of those existing services and you let Zonos own all of the international and cross-border orders. Yeah, that's what makes integrating Zonos simple is that we will synchronize with your platform, whether it be a custom platform. We have a team that can help with integrations on custom e-commerce platforms, but also with Shopify and BigCommerce, Magento, et cetera. We synchronize the orders back to those platforms. And then, as you mentioned, typically there will be a WMS or OMS that synchronizes with the e-com platform. And so we can send, we send the shipment information back. We print the labels in our dashboard and that's how we can streamline customs clearance. And we also have some really cool new products coming 
that so we've integrated with these aggregators and we are scaling the, that type of integration as well and have some new products coming to further streamline customs clearance. That's excellent because effectively what that means is that merchants can use from an operational and a technical perspective, they can retain their current workflows, their business processes, their current integrations, et cetera. And by bringing in your platform, effectively, you can own the international piece while with, without touching the domestic piece, but yet they're still following the exact same workflows. They're working in the same platforms and systems that they would traditionally work in. So it's very non-disruptive to a business, or at least I guess that's your goal, is to make it as non-disruptive as possible to adopt Zonos into the business. Correct. And that's another differentiator for Zonos is we don't own your customers. You keep your customers. Even on our checkout platform, you own the relationship with your customer. And we're just facilitating and enabling you to grow your cross-border business. And likewise, we're carrier agnostic. So that differentiates us. Some of our competitors, you'll be locked into one carrier. And we support many carriers and options for the best customer service and deliveries cross-border. That is a significant differentiator. And so just to clarify this for listeners that may not understand what this means and clarify for me if I'm understanding this incorrectly, but they still would maintain their relationship. So the merchant would keep their relationship with the international carriers of their choice, whether it's a domestic flag carrier like a New Zealand Post, Oz Post, or whether they've got an existing relationship with a DHL or a FedEx or whatever international carriers that they might have a working relationship and an account with, basically you guys will import their integration or you've got an existing integration with those carriers, but effectively you are lodging those shipments on behalf of the merchant, but against their existing account. So whatever rates that they have already contracted for with those carriers if, especially if it's preferential rates, they're doing large volumes, et cetera, they still benefit from that direct relationship they have with carriers. It's just that you integrate with those carriers on their behalf using their account number so that you're pulling down and generating labels on their existing account with those carriers. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. We have a shipment rating API that aggregates all of the shipment ratings across all of our carriers and the merchant keeps their relationship with the carrier if they have preferential rates. If they don't, we also have prefer preferential rates at Sonos that we can provide. Oh, right. So they can actually effectively ship underneath your account, and then you will on-bill mm -hmm. them for those shipments if they don't have an existing relationship with, with a given carrier or at least a given carrier going into a, a given region of the world. That's correct. So, wow. So it gives the merchant total flexibility of how they engage with carriers. It's a really great benefit of the way we've architected our and what from your experience what are some of the most painful pairings in terms of cross-border commerce is it united states and australia or is it australia and south africa what are some of the most challenging pairings from a cross-border commerce perspective from a ter in terms of complexity in terms of border controls in terms of duties and fees what are some of the i guess the most difficult pairings of opportunities if somebody's looking to go and start implementing cross-border e-commerce in their business what are some of those countries that just are so difficult to deal with that you guys just do all of the heavy lifting and you go wow if we weren't in this equation it would be virtually impossible for merchants to sell cross-border into or out of these countries. Brazil is a good example of that with the regulations that exist. It would be extremely difficult to export 
to Brazil for a small merchant and even a large merchant. We have a lot of large enterprise customers that do business into Brazil and we really facilitate that and make it easy. India is another example. Cross-border is difficult. So I don't know that there, there is any, if you were going this on your own, I don't know that there really is any country that, that makes it easy. Zonos enables you to sell to essentially any country in the world. And that's the beauty of it. And you get to choose. So you can choose which markets you want to enter, the order you want to enter those. You can do phase rollouts. There's complete flexibility via our platform to realize your international strategy. And how do you guys deal with international instability and geopolitics? And this is a fast moving space. We think about Ukraine and Russia, and we think about countries that are maybe in the middle of civil wars. We think of countries where, you know, today it might be okay to ship into those countries, but tomorrow at night it might not. And the local flag carrier might be operating today, but tomorrow they might not. How do you guys keep up with what is available in those countries in terms of infrastructure to be able to get parcels into those countries and make sure that they're mature enough and modern enough and that they're not in the middle of some level of strife? How do you guys? keep up with that. I guess at the end of the day, if those carriers that you are integrating with still offer a service to get items into those countries, then because you're connected to those services via API, basically if those services are available, you're taking that as a signal that you can actually get items into those countries and you will ship the item. That's correct. But it was really hard for us to see the conflict break out in the Ukraine. We have a lot of good friends and teammates in the Ukraine, and we definitely tracked that situation very closely. We are all about transparency, and we did follow the lead of our main carriers. We watched how they were handling the situation, and we continued shipping to Russia and the Ukraine until our carriers could no longer do. And when that happened, we did have to notify our merchants. It was no longer feasible to deliver into those nations. Luckily that situation's improved, but yeah, that's hard to see. One of the reasons I love working in the cross-border industry and solving the complexities of global trade is I really do feel that as nations trade among themselves, that it fosters peace. And my hope is that cooler heads prevail and we can get back to trading between the Ukraine and Russia and all nations. Absolutely. War is not good for anybody. I guess it's good if you're an arms manufacturer or something like that. But for the general man and woman in the street, war is never a good thing. It doesn't help anyone, really. Yes, absolutely. We hope that hotbed of violence, I guess, is ultimately calms down and that the loss of life just goes away and that people can get back to a more peaceful footing. And yeah, it's, it, it is definitely a, a, a sad situation, no matter how you slice it and, and, and dice it or no matter what country you live in. It's not good. It's it, War is never a good thing. People die and it's just, there's no good that really can come out of that situation, unfortunately. So yeah, we definitely all hope that that calms down sooner rather than later. Now, when we think about your services from a cost perspective, how do you guys make your money? Because you guys are an API-first platform, but you do have these plugins. In some instances, you're becoming the merchant of record. Sometimes you're not. So how do you, you're a SaaS platform, so you're, you're platform agnostic in the sense that you can plug into almost any commerce experience anywhere. So how do you guys, how do you guys make your money? So there are a couple uh, billing plans that we, we have, subscriptions, and we can set up billing by API call, which is traditional of API-based SaaS companies. And 
then we add a lot of value with products like our landed cost guarantee. And so we will charge a fee for that service, but because it adds so much value, it's a not, it's a very nominal fee for the merchant as relates to the value that they receive. And I guess that merchants can think of that landed cost guarantee, almost like insurance. They can think of it as insurance for themselves. And they can also think of it as insurance for the customer that's going to receive those goods on the other end. Yeah, it eliminates any surprises and it does streamline customs clearance. And then it makes the financial aspects of going cross-border so much easier because Zonos handles all of the collection and remittance and tax compliance. You don't have to worry about that as a merchant. And so it, it saves a tremendous amount of resources on the side of headcount. We Many of our merchants that have rolled out Atlanta Cost Guarantee have seen their customer service burden tremendously decrease. And so now their customer service teams can focus more on helping the customer find the right product. We had a merchant that had to disable their live chat because they were dealing with their customer service teams could no longer respond on their live chat and talk with customers because they were dealing with returns and refused packages and other difficulties with cross-border. So we solved those issues for them and their customer service reps were able to get back to interfacing with the customers and helping them find the best product. So actually adding value as opposed to doing administrative duties. And the yeah, other thing you guys, sorry, sorry to cut you off. The final thing that I think is worthy of discussion is that adds significant value for the receiver, for the end consumer, is the fact that you, specifically when you own the checkout, then you can communicate with them in their local language and their local currency, and they will get billed in their local currency as well. So that's a fairly substantial improvement in the user experience, just those two components alone, translation into 19 languages, converts into 142 currencies, country-specific messaging, duty and tax quotes on, on the PDP. And specifically from a currency perspective, if you're doing international transactions, even if you quote-unquote present prices in international currencies, that is not, unless you have a, let's say you've got a Stripe that, that you've got a multi-currency Stripe account where you have the settlement currency, you have multi-settlement currency and multi-foreign currency accounts on your business side, barring that situation, you are going to be charging them ultimately in your local currency. So if I'm selling out of New Zealand, I'm going to be charging an NZD, even if I'm presenting my American customers with USD pricing, that's not ultimately what they're going to get charged. They're going to get charged in NZD, and that usually will incur a Forex fee on their credit card, on their debit card or whatever, when at the time of billing. And so not only are they going to get charged a foreign transaction fee, but the current at the point of actual billing, when the billing hits their account, the Forex rates may have changed in the meantime. And so what the customer ultimately pays for that good can be very different to what you presented to them on the website. That's right. And so not only do we guarantee that a foreign exchange rate that the customer gets quoted at time of purchase, let's say that there needs to be a return and another item needs to be exchanged. We or refund needs to happen, we actually guarantee that you get a full refund based on the FX rate at time of purchase. So even if that changes and it changes, it's a change that's not in the consumer favor, we cover that. So it's the customer is guaranteed that they're going to get a full refund or full rebate on that amount. And so does the merchant. So it really Correct. limits the downside risk of trading internationally because before it changes, Forex rates can change very rapidly over, say, a 30, 60, 90 day window. 
yeah, that's correct. It's a tremendous benefit, not only for the shopper, but the merchant as well. Love it. Now, when we think about what you guys do today in terms of services and the breadth of services, and you've got you've got five, six major services that you already provide, is there anything that your customers are screaming out for today that either you don't offer at all or that you want to add new features and functions to or enhance and extend those existing features and functions? What's on kind of your roadmap in the short to medium term to, to improve the platform? That's a great question. I think that... Any way that we can find to further simplify the process of selling cross-border is very attractive to us because we see the value that comes from simplifying the complex. In fact, we have a role at Zonos that's called the decoder. And our decoders are cross-border experts. They know everything about uh, cross-border commerce. And this is another tremendous value add that Zonos offers is you can talk with our decoders. If you're you know, an e-commerce merchant that isn't quite sure on how to approach this, you get that expertise. And so I think scaling out that expertise through our documentation is one thing that we're very mindful of right now. And we have the documentation in the industry. We have industry guides. So you can go to Zonos.com and learn just about anything you'd ever want to know about cross-border commerce but we want to continue getting that into people's hands and so that's definitely an area of focus for us and we're really excited about some new apis that are coming and what we've done is we've taken we spent a lot of time looking at the nature of cross-border and looking at the commercial invoice, looking at the duty and tax calculations, the fees, the carrier fee rules, all the complexities that go into it. And we realized that we could start solving these problems in an even more simple fashion by leveraging technology. We are a technology company. And so we will be rolling out soon new APIs based on a graph of everything that relates to a cross-border transaction. And so the technology we're using for this is GraphQL. It's, for example, it's what all of Shopify's new APIs use, and they're continuing to do some really cool stuff with GraphQL in the e-com space, and we're doing the same thing in the cross-border space. So that more to come on that soon, but we're really excited about the flexibility and the capability that is going to give our customers. Yeah, look, I love GraphQL as well, and big commerce and other platforms are implementing GraphQL as well. And what it what we see, and not to get too technical for the audience, but what the one of the biggest benefits we see of these implementations of graphs GraphQL is the ability to instead of just accessing a generic API endpoint for a specific service, this can get super specific and granular in the types of queries that they're making to services like Zonos for the exact scenario that the customer is in at that point. They can base it on the granularity of even down to an item. You know, for example, where they know that, for example, they can they can't ship a honey product from New Zealand to Western Australia, just as an example. They can get hyper granular in the types of queries that they're making to your services and get a very specific granular response on an item by item basis as opposed to here's our aggregated cart tell us where we can ship it and tell us how much it's going to cost you can now get super granular with services like graphql layered on top of your traditional zono services that's right so we have all of this rich amazing global trade data and 
how do we expose that to our customers? We could expose it in bits and pieces and then they have to wait for us to ensure that they have access to it. Or we could be a little, look at it a little more holistically and say, listen, we can expose this data and we can make this part of our other solutions. When you're talking about item restrictions, you're talking about denied parties, all of this becomes part of one graph that we have. And yeah, you could make a query, as you referenced, Jason, that harmonizes a product, gets CHS code, looks at the item restrictions for the origin country and the destination country, and also looks at the party that's being shipped to and understands whether or not that party can receive this item, et cetera, and tons of flexibility from one API endpoint. And I think just for as a practical extension of what that might look like for a merchant, say, for example, instead of so let's say I'm let's say I'm in New Zealand and I'm selling a bunch of products into Australia, but I also happen to be selling honey as well. So I just I want to give a practical example of this. The beauty of this type of granular service, instead of just saying, OK, I've got five items in my cart, I'm shopping from Western Australia got five items in my cart and a merchant in New Zealand. One of those items is a honey product. Instead of just saying, because you've got a honey product and your destination address is Western Australia, instead of just saying, oh, we, we just can't ship your order to from New Zealand to Western Australia, sorry. We can now give very granular messaging and say, hey, we can't ship this honey product to Western Australia. However, if you remove this item from your cart, we can still ship the rest of your items, we can ship the rest of your order. So we can be very granular in the way that we tailor the messaging and the user experience in specific aggregated cart scenarios in ways that you just can't, you can't get that granular with many services, right? It's either accepted or denied. And that's that's all the messaging you get. Whereas if we can get more granular, then it means we'll get fewer abandoned carts, we'll get a higher conversion rate, we're gonna get a higher AOV, we're gonna get a higher CLV, as a res result, and we're going to get more accepted international shipments ultimately at the end of the day. That's right. We have some merchants that have conversion rates over 40% international on their cross-border. And CLV is really the name of the game. What you just described is a better user experience, understanding exactly what's happening, transparency. That's what we're all about. Another differentiator is one of our core values is that everyone at Sonos is responsible for customer success from the engineers to finance, to sales, to the customer success agents, everyone is responsible. And that's top of mind for us. And we want to deliver, that's our goal is to deliver these types of experiences to our customers. Love it. You can't ask for much more from a vendor than that to be all pulling in the same direction of sled dogs, right? You don't want you don't want one sled dog pulling in the opposite direction. You want them all pulling in the same direction. So to to have that singular vision for the business is super important, I think, and to keep everybody on on that north star, looking at that north star and driving towards that north star, super important for ultimately every person in the business to feel like they've got a contribution to give to that 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 company vision and ultimately the, the customer vision, the customer experience vision that you're trying to create. Now, we're coming to the end of our time together, and I really appreciate all the time you've shared with me today. Now, we're at the point where I turn the microphone over to you. I let you ask me one question, any question you like, and I really love this because it's a challenge. I never know what I'm going to get asked. Andrew Spencer from Zonos, thank you so much for your time today. Microphone over to you. You got, what, What's your question for me? Oh, this is a great opportunity. So you've been really close to 
e-commerce merchants, based on your background, and you've been close to customers. What do you think customers most want out of their cross-border experience? Look, I, I think based on my own personal experience, not just having to deal with this as a merchant, but my own personal experience, I guess I would like to have fewer declined shipments or fewer. There's many times living in New Zealand, there are many websites that I go to that I would love to buy products from, but they just will not ship to New Zealand. It's just one of those countries they just don't ship to. But part of that, I think, is oftentimes the complexity of our tax regime and remittance regime here in New Zealand. And that's just got implemented a couple of years ago, and it became much more complex for foreign merchants to ship into New Zealand and become and be compliant. And so they just took it off their list because it was just it, they put it in the too hard basket. And I know there's lots of countries like that. And so I think. Being able to shop on any site that I want from any country in the world is something that I and most consumers want to be able to do. They want to view, they already do view in their personal life. They already view the world as quite borderless. They can call anyone in the world via WhatsApp. They can have friends anywhere in the world and they can do video calling and they can they can travel almost anywhere in the world now that we're coming out of, out of Corona anyway. And so they already view the world in quite a borderless way. And we have cross-border relationships now. People traveling the world, they meet in a foreign country, they get married, and then they, they don't necessarily settle in the country of either partner's birth. And so I think the world nowadays, the, the the view of the world, particularly by millennials and younger, they see the world in a borderless way. But when it comes to commerce, it's very much not borderless. And so we don't have access in New Zealand, we simply do not have access to a lot of international brands because it is so hard for them, to, particularly if they're a small and medium-sized brand, they just won't ship to this country. And so I think that what you guys do and the impact it has on breaking down those international barriers and silos is a really important thing. So I think that's the thing that the end consumer is looking for, is for every brand to treat the world as borderless as they actually view it themselves. There are no more borders with the internet. I think technology, I'm a technologist and that's what motivates me. And I really do believe that technology, when it's applied properly, has a greater power to lift humanity than just about anything else. And you can see how technology has broken down borders, but they're still there with cross-border commerce, and we want to break those down. Love it. What a noble mission. Andrew, it has been absolutely fantastic spending time with you today. I appreciate you sharing your knowledge and wisdom of all things cross-border. Now, if, if people want to get a hold of you or if they want to find out more about Zonos, is it best that they simply go to Zonos, Z or Z O N O S dot com? Or is it best that they reach out to you on LinkedIn? How would you prefer that people find out more or get in touch with Zonos? Zonos.com is a tremendous resource for cross-border commerce. And so all of the resources on the site are free. And it's a great way to start dipping your toes and learning more about cross-border. And yeah, we'd love to chat with you, schedule a demo. You can also send an email to inquire at Zonos.com. And I love talking technology, so you can also hit me up on LinkedIn. And yeah, it's been a pleasure, Jason. I love what you're doing, and it's really fun to be a part of this podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And one small note for anybody that's trying to connect with Andrew on LinkedIn, it caught me out as well. So I'll give you the heads up. Look for Andrew S. on LinkedIn. And he obviously works for Zono, so you'll be able to see that in his profile. So if you want to connect with Andrew on LinkedIn, look for Andrew S. from Zonos. 
Andrew, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And uh, let's catch up again soon and let's see what is happening at Zonos over the next 6, 12, 18 months. Definitely. Thanks, Jason. Are you a merchant or software vendor that is focused on e-commerce or omni-channel? Then head over to greenwoodconsulting.net to see how we can help you scale your business.